Hey, I'm Autumn, and thanks for listening to Your Not Your F and Chair, where our goal is to show you that your problems in life don't have to define you. And I'm Nick. What's up? <laughs> that music cut off quick. I wish you. I wish everybody could see the dance moves. We kind we kind of let it go a little bit longer than usual. I think we we uh yeah we went a little bit longer, but yay we're here. It's yeah. uh only twelve forty in the morning. Yep, it's gonna be great. And yeah, just quiet. Our kids are asleep for now. <laughs> <laughs> and like. We, we record this in the closet, and if anybody wants to know if you, you know, go plant-based, your your farts are going to oh be guaranteed. Oh, my gosh. Your farts is this really the first thing we're going to talk about? Heaven, I'm going to die, in other words. help, Autumn, that, like, I, I will try to not fart this entire episode because, dude, they've I'll been, kick him out. They've been bad tonight. So if, if like, if, like, there's a point in this podcast where, like, you just don't hear me talking anymore, it's because Autumn has kicked me off the pod for farting. Yep, so, it's happening. Sorry to start this out with fart talk, but you know, <laughs> that's the only thing I've been thinking about. It's like, I hope I don't fart. <laughs> only because I've gotten mad at him too many times tonight. I'm like, what <laughs> happened? Why does it smell that bad? I only can imagine what Don thought when he came in. Like, dude, <laughs> just watching oh my Mighty gosh. Ducks and farting my pants. <laughs> so. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to something actual podcasting. It's too late. We got talking. the giggles. Yeah. So we had a we had a busy weekend. Oh yeah, it's been a busy week altogether. Yeah, I can't like keep like we always like you know kind of like reconvene. Not reconvene. We convene. We don't reconvene. We just convene for the first time. I don't and, even like, know. And talk about like, hey, what are we gonna like talk about? Make sure we hit the points. And I was like, I always feel like that was a week ago. Like, let's talk about last week. I'm like, oh, f- I don't there's even, so much that has happened. Like, what was last week? Like, you know, when people like talk about like their days blend together, like, yeah. dude, my just hours and days mm-hmm. and months, like, it just all of it just blends. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been going to therapy. I I can go on about my little win for just a second here. Do it. I'm almost back to 100% with my arms. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about it, but just to recap for anyone, reconvene with this one. Oh, but my gosh. <laughs> recap, but Autumn's, like, arm strength was, like, zero. I started to have really bad tendonitis, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I realized that I was compensating because my dominant arm is my right arm, so I was just compensating with my right arm all the time, and my left arm had got so weak. That any time I used it or had to, like, rely on myself to get around, I was struggling with, like, tendonitis and pain like crazy. So I've been going to therapy twice a week. I just barely dropped down to once a week. And my strength is almost back. Like, yeah, 100%. I mean, we're start, just, she started out this with, like, SpongeBob arms, and now she's, like, Hulk oh, Hogan heck. arms. Like, no, brother. but I mean that little <laughs> high five from my mom. My mom's my therapist, and that little high five of her saying "You're getting better" just like it feels good. It feels like everything is like the hard work because I have to admit I put hard work into like strengthening my arms. And I mean, there's times at therapy when she's like, like usually we do like a set of thirty of whatever. I mean, I lift dumbbells or whatever. 30 and then three sets of 15 and I'm telling you on that first 30 after the 15 I feel like I'm gonna die (laughs) and she's always like you got this autumn you got this and so that's that's a little win for me is like I feel like 
I'm seeing results as far as like feeling stronger. I don't feel like it's so hard to push myself around and like that's that's a win for me. So I wanted to say that. It's good. I've thought about, you know, starting to work out, you know, because I just don't, but I'm going to do it. You used to. July 1st to 31st. Yeah, make I'm it gonna, a goal. I'm going to work out a little bit. I'm not going to go like, I'm not going hard. Why don't you just go running or something? Yeah, just like something like that. Like, or just some, small. you got that hockey book that's got some really good, like, Yeah, just do a little hockey. training, you know, yeah. like a little, uh, caught training, but For working me, out. Like, but I've, we'll, we'll uh, do a day one, day 31 to see if like there's any results whatsoever. All right, let's do it. Okay. Okay. It's on. I'll do it with you. Um, yeah, like with my arm, I've, I, I feel like I've, I've done really good with it and working it hard, but now I feel like, cause whenever I go in there, my mom's like, all right, what's your pain level at? Like, how are you feeling? Were you sore after last time? All those things. And I feel like the thing that is really like bothering me these days is not my arm. That's how, you know, I'm getting better with my arm. It's my back leg ish. It's like my lower Your back. back. Oh, my back always hurts. <laughs> but it's like my left side, and I'm more injured on my left side. My left side is more paralyzed than my right. And it's like this shocking pain. And there's no way to explain it but a shocking pain. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we'll be driving down the road. And <laughs> I, like, was oh! just, I was just going to say, like, autumn like, twist and turn. Like, like oh! <laughs> it just shocks. It goes from the outside of my leg down, like, it goes across the front and down to the inside by my knee. So it's just like this little shock that literally just like shocks and it's quick and it just shocks and it's like that. Oh, it's almost like when you touch the prongs of like a plug before pulling it out and it just gives you that little shock and you're like, Ooh. I hate that. Like it feels like your veins are vibrating. Yeah. yeah. And I have nerve damage in my left, in my left leg. So I feel like if my muscles are getting tight or anything like that, that, stupid shock that's how like kind of my indication that like i need to start working on my leg so you know i think that might be next next on the list is my leg it's that shock is like so irritating it's like phantom pains can we talk about phantom pains for just a second <laughs> just a second just a second i get these phantom pains in my feet that are like Someone's either tickling the bottom of my feet. The only way that I can explain what my feet feel like normally is like, you know, when your arm goes to sleep and it's not just like a little bit of sleep. It's like that super dead asleep where you lift it when you're asleep and you like can't move your hand and you're like, okay, I got to move it here so that in a couple minutes I can move and feel my hand. I don't know how you function like on a a minute basis because like when my my foot is asleep or my arm like. Oh, dude, it drives me nuts. Yeah. So and that's what like, my feet like, feel like, like all the time. Pick it up and it like swings around. And yep. Like, I guess that is how your legs are kind of doing. Like yeah. Sometimes Adam's legs are just. Yep. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. So that's how I feel all the time. So it's like the, it, someone's tickling me on the bottom of my foot or sometimes there's pain. It's pain on the bottom of my foot. And it's just like I can't get rid of it. I can't satisfy the itch. I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the things. It the shock is right up there with those things, and those are like the most annoying. I can handle chronic pain in my back. Like I know it's going to be there. It's like a deep, dull pain, right? Yeah. This is like annoying. It sounds annoying. annoying. Whenever you describe it to me, I, I get like anxiety just like <laughs> thinking about like, oh my gosh, dude, that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. So there's hopefully, a of, there's a lot of thing Autumn, Autumn describes to me. I'm like, oh man, that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the worst thing ever until you have to deal with it, though. 
But yeah, hopefully I have some news to report. Maybe we'll start working on my leg in therapy once my arms are back to 100%. I've got a couple more weeks. Yeah, so. but let's uh, talk about this busy weekend. Let's talk about one highlight from the weekend. Like, let's pick one thing. Um, The parade. Yeah, I think that was kind of like the standout thing of the weekend. Yeah. That's the thing that we did that like, we don't usually do, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, we're going to do it again this weekend. And, and the, the weekend after that. I mean, for all we're of our parade. DC, DC be... Wind fam, we're going to have a DC Wind float. Yeah. Stay tuned for details on that. We're going to be parade junkies for a couple oh weeks. Oh my gosh, I might die by the end. It's worth it though, right? Die? Yeah. <laughs> a fun, maybe. Yeah. It was fun. You know, I had a blast, and I have to say, I'm, like, so grateful for, like, the people around me, because, like, so we did the Syracuse City Parade with um, Brims. I worked for Steph, do some marketing. I've worked for her. I mean, I when Brims first started, it was, like, she would do my lashes, and she was, like, so I have this idea, and she knew I was there. She, she knew I had my business, so we would just kind of, like throw like ideas at each other and she was like i think i'm gonna start this hat company anyways fast forward to now she's got this awesome company like i'm so proud of her she's like bomb diggity but we went on the float with her on saturday and i have to say i appreciate so much how kind she was about my wheelchair and that whole situation well, we, well, we've talked about people and how, like, it's that awkward, like, uh, what do I do? Like, yeah. almost like they make it awkward because they're trying to be, like, super nice. Like, yeah. don't want to offend you, but, like, but also, like, oh, uh, I don't want to deal with it, but we don't want to yeah. make you Yeah, like, like, do like, I just not deal with it and then out. I don't feel awkward because I don't bring up the elephant in the room, you know? Yeah, but, like, we roll up. Autumn. Well, the day before she messaged me and she's like, are you planning on riding on the float? And I said, I was like, well, you know, I, I mean, Brims has got a lot of fans. If you guys know Brims, I know a lot of my friends know Brims. They've got a lot of fans. And so I said to her, hey, look, I'm happy to ride. I would be more than happy to ride with the crew. But if you have a line out the door, don't stress about me. Like, yeah. I'm good. You know, I'll watch from the sidelines, cheer you on, whatever you want me to do. And she was like, no, we got room for you, you know, right away. And I was, she's like, okay, so here's the plan. What do you want to do? You know, what's easiest with your chair? I told her, can we just throw it in the back of the car or the truck or whatever? And then I'll just ride on the float. And she's like, yep, sounds like a plan to me. We figured it all out. It was literally like three voice messages back and forth and we had it figured out. And then the day of, um, she calls him her baby daddy but because they're not married <laughs> but ryan just took my chair put it in the back of the truck and it was just it wasn't awkward i get i hate the like awkward like um, what are we gonna do where how and, do you want well, me to do this well, what i was gonna say is like so we roll up and alice had to ride on a different float for rhythm works and so we pulled up and like they're getting stuff ready and then i leave autumn there with alexi and i run yeah. and take Alice and by the time I came back Autumn was already on the float I don't even know how you got on the float I transferred Okay. Yeah. I transferred to the the trailer and then I transferred up to the little nuggets they had on the float So. and then her chair was just already in the back of the truck and I was like alright well someone figured out and I I always feel like I always love when I get back and it's like someone helped helped. my wife because like I always feel like oh man I, I stress like daily like 
all the time, like, oh, my gosh. Who's going to help? How is Autumn going to do this? I'm not there to do it for her. So, like, I really appreciated that, you know, her, you know, Ryan helped you out with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing everyone that just pitched in and Steph was super big yeah. help. Because, like, it's just, like, a weight off my shoulders when I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't because I stress and I. She feel like can I, do this. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to hold her hand. She can do this. I mean, even any time I go over to Steph's house, like a lot of the times she'll be like, "Hey, will you come help me with this?" Any of the times I go over to her house, I just go in her garage. Like she's, she's like, "Let me know when you're here. I'll open my garage." I go to her basement. Like there's a little stairwell in her garage. There's stairs up and there's stairs down. If you go down these, it's like four stairs, probably five stairs. Yeah that's her like basement you know and so usually i go down there and she's just always like all right let me get your chair one of the times she like went to walk my chair right into the front room and i'm like whoa 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 i still need that i still not <laughs> i still need that from the stairs to the front room yeah <laughs> she was like dying because she totally just like kept walking with it yes but yeah they've always just been so helpful and it's just a breath of fresh air to know that people see you for who you are not not this that's just a footnote that's just a side note and it's like yeah autumn's gonna be there i'll figure it out i'll ask her i'm in no way offended when you ask me what's your plan with your chair like i I like to think that maybe like as soon as you're like oh i'll ride on the float she's like okay ryan we're not gonna need like the water ski pole or whatever mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah that was that was the joke with the dc wind (laughs) everybody's real do you remember what I'm talking about? No. Everybody, so, we have this group message with some of our DC Wind crew, like our our friends, and um, a bunch of the kids are rollerblading. One of the our friend Jared was like, "I'm not going to be rollerblading. You'll see me in the ER." And I'm like, "Dude, just get me a ski rope and pull me from the back. <laughs> then you'll really see someone in the ER." <laughs> Obviously, uh, I won't be doing that. But what? No. Uh, I'm I'm float riding, so if you're coming to the West Point Parade, you know, say say hi, wave wave to us. We'll give you some candy. Look for the kids with the hockey sticks. Yeah. My mic is falling down, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> cheer guys. us, cheer us on. Our kids are going to be rollerblading. We're going to be. I mean, we're just we've got our DC Wind Pride. Excuse this noise. It's going to happen. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh. <laughs> Technical difficulties over That's here. It's not a fart. Okay. I swear. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in here. <laughs> but yeah, so parade was super awesome, and the rest of the weekend was super fun. I mean, we just kind of. Well, actually, no, we didn't just chill after the parade. We so, went. We went. Came home, had a minute, then we went to Stick and Puck. Yep. Then we went straight from Stick and Puck to a friend's wedding, Dre and Amanda's wedding, and. I stayed in the car with a sleeping baby. You want to take take the reins on this one? To well, say yeah. Okay, so we pulled I love up. Amanda and Dre, and I would never expect them to, like, take <laughs> into consideration my wheelchair yeah, when so planning their wedding, but... Place where they got married. Beautiful place. Oh, it so was beautiful. in It was down Hooper, you know, Hooper, Hooper, whatever, however yeah. you say it, but, you know. And, like, it's, like, this barn area. You probably all... So there's probably people who know what I'm talking about. It has a pond and an island that they got married on, and it was beautiful. But we pulled in, and the parking lot was dirt. And not only was it dirt, it was was like like sand. It was like sand, which was like loose. If it was packed down, 
that's different. Like packed down dirt isn't as hard for me to get around because it's kind of like a harder yeah. ground. And like gravel's not easy either because like when no, you walk, you, you know, your feet kind of like sink in, but like that's her wheels just like comes like down yeah. into that. And sand, like one day we'll talk about beaches on here. Oh but like my gosh, beaches. Sand is like. You won't catch me at the beach. Yeah, like it is the hardest thing to push through. So Brooks was sleeping, so I'm like, there's no way we're making it through the sand, you know. Yeah. to the barn where the, their reception was going to be. Well, and when Brooks is sleeping and you wake him up, all he wants is his dad to hold him. So when Nick has to, like, help me, he won't just walk beside us or let me hold him. He freaks out. And so literally if he Nick was trying to help me and Brooks was trying to wake up, this he, we would have a screaming baby. It's like usually if, like, Brooks is throwing a fit like this, I'll hold him and I'll just hold Autumn's hand and I'll kind of, like, drag her not drag her but you know well he pulls me by holding my hand yeah and i just kind of steer and then like i you know that's how we do it but like through sand there's no way like those front casters are just gonna dig in and every wheel's just gonna dig in yeah and we're not gonna go anywhere and so she's like all right i'll stay in the car and i was like it's fine you know we we were late and so the ceremony to the ceremony and i was like okay well probably the reception started by now so i went into the barn and they we're running late, I guess. So I was like, well, okay. Uh, they said they were getting married on this island still. And so I, I jetted over there to that island. Kind of scoping I, out the situation. And I was like scoping it out like, okay, can we make Should it? Should I go grab Autumn? Yeah. And like the pathway there, like no no offense to like the people who run this place, but like it was like kind of like slanted, uneven, you know. And pr- anybody walking probably was like, oh, it's a little dirt road. And it was, like, half dirt, half rocks, and, like, the rocks were different sizes. So, again, like, getting Autumn across this road where, like, it's, like, on a slant. She's kind of talked about how when things are uneven where she has to, like, constantly, like, use her core to, like, flex, you know. Compensate for the side that I'm, like, leaning leaning against. Yeah. So... And I was just like, yeah, there's no way. And then there was a bridge. It was, you know, it was a bridge. Bridges aren't the <laughs> <laughs> easiest thing to get over either. And it yeah. went up and down. Beautiful place, but just not the most wheelchair-friendly place. Yeah, yeah. And so Autumn just went I just, in the car. I told Nick, I'm like, Brooks is asleep. Honestly, the second we pulled up, my anxiety kind of shot through the roof just because yeah. I saw the sand. And I was like... Oh my gosh, that's kind of it for me. It was sad. I, it was, I was exhausted. We had been up since seven a.m. for for the parade, and then like going all day. Um, we all had we hadn't had dinner at this point. <laughs> it was like six thirty. By the time we left there, it was seven forty-five. So I mean, it was just that feeling of like you go. I'm kind of in survival mode <laughs> at this point, yeah. trying to get through the day. You go, let them know that I'm here and I'm rooting for them. I'm happy for them. And just go kind of tell them congratulations and let's get home, get our kids fed, get kind of starting to relax. Because I know we've talked about like a little bit of a, not a drunk hangover, but like a physical hangover. I I was already starting to feel it at this point. At this point, <laughs> I was exhausted. You know, I mean, we're lucky we even caught ourselves at the wedding because I just was kind of hitting a wall. You know what I mean? So, um, we got back. What you got back to the car? It, I had been sitting there for like an hour. Yeah. So wonderful wedding. 
Congratulations uh, to Amanda <laughs> and Trey. Sorry, you guys, we're having technical difficulties. Trey, our, our equipment's not our friend tonight. We'll make it. And yeah. just like we made it through the weekend, and <laughs> we made it here tonight. So Yeah, I might have slept in till like noon on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, and I even came out and I was like, I'm so tired. I had to go in and like check her pulse just to make sure. I, <laughs> just kidding. No, but even just like th- that whole like morning, I was just like laying around, just like so tired. And I think that might be why like, like fall and winter might be my fave is because we don't have so many physical activities. All the physical activities come during the summer, I feel like. Well, it's physical, exhausting for me. Physical to like where you're going to outdoor location. Outdoor, yeah, outdoor activities. Like outdoor activities are a little bit more work for us. Like yeah. we've we've talked about parks. We've talked about now wedding venues mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's all right. We made it through yeah. the weekend, and we got a giveaway winner. We do got a giveaway winner. We got a giveaway winner. So we like we said we are doing the giveaway for the mug for people who shared. Pod did on you story. did you did I get entered for this? <laughs> no, your name was not in, but you did share. <laughs> it's all right. So our winner, give us a drum roll. <laughs> Brie Picard, Woo! Brie Picard. Hey, I just want to say to Brie, thank you for always supporting me. She's always giving me feedback. She's always like on the ball to listen Wednesday morning, like. You know what? You you find out who your supporters are. You find out. You know, yeah. and Bree is uh, is a supporter. She's a good one. So, yep. congratulations Bree. We will get you your mug. Yeah. Autumn will send you a direct message to get your info. So I already can... have her address, I'm sure, somewhere. Well, come on. I was trying to get like a cool like, you know, oh. like official like Yeah, we're so official. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I sent her some scrunchies a while back, so I'm pretty so, sure I got Yeah, got so download. congratulations to Bree, and thank you to everybody who shared. We, yeah. had, we had some good shares and stuff. Yeah, some friends from high school. And it's really it's nice just time. to see, you know, people share and, like, care about what you're doing. Well, and it makes me feel like what I'm doing is something that people are enjoying, and, well, and and want to listen to, honestly. Well, we see all the plays. Like, we see how many people listen. Right. And, you know, it's, you see just a number, but you do think that there's a person behind that, and you, mm-hmm. not that you th- are wondering who every listener is, yeah. you know, because that's a lot. You kind of do, though, kinda, because you're like, wow. I mean, I just passed 1,000 downloads. Yeah. Probably almost 1,100, but, you know, I probably passed 1,100 by now. Yeah, so. But, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, well, who has those 1,100 downloads been? We're yeah. on our 12th episode. So when you share, no, I mean, we're not doing it because we want, you know, to, like, feel like you love us. But, like, it just puts a face to that to, listen. To the name, yeah. Face, yeah, face to the listen. There you go. Yeah. Name so, to the listen. No, face to the listen. Okay. But, yeah, right. so. We appreciate it. We appreciate everyone sharing. We appreciate all the kind words that, you know, people say to us when we come in contact with them. We appreciate people, you know, letting us know that this or that, you know, stood out to them or moved them or something or inspired them. I mean, that's really why we're here. We're not here to, like, just talk about how Autumn's life is. my life is. Like, that is, like, if that's what you get from this podcast, then we're failing. 
Yeah, that's not what we want you to get from it. We want and we want to get at this out of this like you can do this. Right. If we can do this, you can do this. But also, we know that there's, well, there's people that, out there that have it worse than us. Yeah, that and that everybody's human. Like this yeah. is this is my this is my burden. Your burden might look a lot different than mine, but we're all in it together. We're all dealing with something. And and that and that like we say when what you say when we open up is like that that thing doesn't have to define you whether right. whether it's a handicapness. Handicapness is not a word. It is now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it doesn't have to define you. And you are you and you're a human. Right. And you are all those wonderful and beautiful things about you. Yes. Should we go into gripes and gains? Let's go gripes and gains. And And this week's gripes and gains doesn't really have to. I mean, it has to do with me, but I wasn't there. So, oh, I mean, man. it has a lot to do with me. It because... has a lot to do with you because you weren't there. <laughs> yeah. So, so Monday nights, Nick records his hockey podcast. And Welcome I try, talk. I try really hard to like be present on Monday nights. Like Nick does a lot for our family. I work a lot of the time if I'm in a work meeting or something by default, he's got the kids. He's got to keep them quiet. He's, you know. And so Monday nights is my time to be like, all right, this is your time. You go have your dude time. You go do your podcast. I will handle the kids. I'll keep them quiet. I'll do whatever I can. You take your time, right? Yeah. So. Which I appreciate it. And the whole podcast appreciates it. I mean, Mason, you know, of course appreciates it. But everyone else that's on there. Honestly, I think it's good for you to have your own thing. And I know that because I know like almost Dallas and. And, and those types of things are my thing, you yeah. know, and I think it's important for you to always have something that you're, you're trying to better yourself or you're trying to like, you're doing something for yourself. Yeah. And so I really don't want to take that away from you. I know hockey and your, your podcast, those are things that you're very passionate about. So I try to support you on those things. So when you're, when you're recording on Monday, I have to keep the kids quiet. So usually we go get takeout. Go get a soda, like Fizz or something, you know. Spend yeah. some time in the car, <laughs> hanging out. We usually don't eat dinner before, so the autumn. And like, yeah. There's times where like, we're on our way home. She's like, well, can you grab me a swig? I'm like, no, we're not stopping. Yeah, because we're not stopping because you'll take the kids you and you'll got go. Time then it'll do. be quiet because if you know Brooks, he's in this like scream phase. We're trying to teach him to say well, please And now instead. he's like playing uh, floor hockey all the time so like when we're in the basement like you just hear that, f- that, that stick, stick man <laughs> he's obsessed with hockey but so okay so we leave the house Nick's recording his podcast or whatever and I'm like oh well we'll just get pizza right you know save some cash five dollar little Caesars it's just me and the kids Nick's Nick will figure something out to eat when he's done <laughs> yeah. so I order the pizza on the app because it takes a little while usually. And then it's super simple. You just go in there, type in the code, take the pizza out. Well, I pull up to get the pizza and I'm like, crap, how am I going to do this? Like, I, okay, so I can go inside, but I'm going to have to leave the kids in the car. And then I'm going to have to park in the handicap stall, which is not in front of Little Caesars. It's like three suites down from Little Caesars. Just in front of the bird. Yeah. And so I can't see my kids from inside Little Caesars. And I don't know if anyone knows, but, like, Autumn is, like... I'm very particular. She's like a hawk. She's got to be like, hey, 
She'll, she'll ask me like multiple times throughout the day, like, hey, do you see Brooks? Yeah, do you see Brooks? Brooks? And so, where's like, Brooks? you know, I, a moms person. do it. And I know this because I've, I've talked to moms occasionally about it. They fear the worst. Yeah. And it's almost like that plays in your head. And I fear the worst of like Brooks getting out of the gate in the backyard or, you know, someone hopping in my car and taking my kids or, you know, th- those fears are valid for me because I'm a mom and those are my prized possessions and I do not want anything to happen to my kids. So I did not want to leave the kids in the car, even though Alexi's 10. I mean, they still are only 10, 7 and not even 2. So yeah. my kids are pretty young still for me anyways. And um, so I was just like, I don't feel comfortable like parking over here, going in, not only that, but if I did it because it's quick and it's ready and I just type in the code and I get back out, I don't think I could carry the pizza <laughs> from inside Little Caesars to my car. Well, the hard, the hardest part would be going down what, the little, ramp. what little ramp they well, have. Well, so me and Lexi were sitting there debating and Alice was even in the back seat thinking about what we could do because the girls were in on this. Like I told the girls, <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so Lexi's like, well, what well, they're if you... just used to the, the routine. You know, we Nick pull up, in. I run in. Yep. So Lexi's like, well, what if you go? And then I, I said, well, what if you watch for me to come out the doors and then you run over and grab the pizza from me? And then we both just come to the car and then we both can see the car. And like, you know, we're like trying to figure this out sitting there. And I'm just like, Lex, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what to do. This is, I'm scared. This is making me scared. I wrote, wrote Nick a message, and I was just like, I'm freaking having bad anxiety <laughs> we right were, now we over were, this situation. We were, we were on our Zoom call for my podcast, and I see this text message on my thing come down. I was like, oh, no. Oh, it was just like, and I had already paid for the pizza, so it's not, we were past the point of being like, all right, well, let's just go somewhere with the drinker, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what to do, and it was full when we first pulled up and I'm like, I'm not sending my 10 year old in there with a full crew inside little Caesars. Right. So we waited and it cleared out. And so I actually parked in front of the building and then I backed out and I parked in the handicap and then I backed out and I'm parked back in front of the building when everybody was gone. I'm like, all right, Lexi, I think I got this. I got the code. The pizza's ready. You're going to go in, you know, you, you've got yeah. this. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, here's your, we got the free breadsticks card from DC Wynn, you know. <laughs> I didn't even think yeah, about it. She had to get free breadsticks. <laughs> so she types in the code and gets the pizza. And I see her walk over. And, well, okay. Meanwhile, I'm like. I forgot about the free breadsticks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like sitting there stressing. And she looks at me and she's like, mom, why are you the one stressing? I should be the one stressing out. I have to go in there. <laughs> like I kid you not, we probably sat in the car for fifteen minutes deciding no, what to do. I'm just like so much more proud of her now. It's I'm she's so never proud bought of her. anything. I've I've asked her. No. like I have asked her like, hey, if I sent you in the gas station with my card right now, could you buy it? Yeah. And she's like, no. Yeah. Or like the other day we went to the dollar store and like she like wanted to go to the dollar store so bad before she went over to Ash's house and get some like floaties and stuff. And I was like, here's five bucks. Do you think you can go in by yourself and like buy it? And she's like, no. Yeah. So, so like now that I yeah. know that she had well, to go so, to like so the I gave counter. her some cash because I'm like I can't remember if the marinara she loves the marinara sauce I can't remember if that's extra, so here's a little bit of cash, so all you do is you go get your pizza you know the code it's zero zero two, <laughs> how can you mess that up, and then you go to the counter and say can I get a free breadstick and then here's some money if they say that the sauce costs extra just hand them they'll give you you know it's not going to be more than this they'll help you get your money or whatever, and so. 
She did it. And I even like posted, I got a picture, but it was like the most blurry picture. But I was so proud of her that I was like, I don't care if it's blurry. I'm freaking <laughs> posting it because I'm so proud of her for going in. But I had this feeling of guilt. Like the second she went in, this like feeling of guilt hit me because I know those little Caesars workers looked out at me, saw mom sitting in the car and this 10 year old in there getting the pizza yeah. and it's this feeling of guilt of like i can't like i can't yell at you hey listen like i'm a, i'm paralyzed like she's yeah. she's I, we don't know what to do do you want to bring it out to me like it's all paid for <laughs> yeah but so there's this feeling of guilt like they're they're judging me right now yeah. they're judging me as this lazy mom sitting in the car sending my 10 year old in to get pizza right i i kind of have the same like feelings like when we go to like joanne's because yeah. I hate the craft store. Not that I hate it, but he just would rather sit. It's just in the not car. my favorite place to go in. Yeah, and especially with Brooks. And, I, and I'm very indecisive, so I go back and forth a lot. Yeah, so I just wait in the car. Yes. So like I usually like we park in the handicap. I get Autumn's chair out. She goes in by herself, and I sit in the car with Brooks. And so I'm sitting there, and I see a lot of people like pull up. You know, people who probably I don't know. Probably could do without the handicap yeah, stall or yeah. whatever. Or you just, never know their situation, but but by looking at them, and they 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 get, probably could walk a couple well, more feet. They walk into the store, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. they, they at least they're walking, and I shouldn't judge them. But um, the only reason why I say this is because they usually give me the stink eye because I'm usually just like chilling or reading a book. Mm-hmm. Or, you they know. don't realize your wife is in there with the lady in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I, I always, like, imagine, like, one of them, like, knocking on my door and be like, you know, this is for handicapped people, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, tell my wife in the wheelchair I'll be parked over there. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> It's true, though. But, and, they and, give me the look when we pull up and my chair hasn't been pulled out yet. I get the look of, like, yeah. why are you, you're young. Why are yeah. you parking here? Yeah. So... Whatever. I mean, there's people that are going to judge you no matter what. Yeah. And I well, think... Well, my, my gain from all this is just, like, I'm proud of my daughter. Like, yeah. I'm so proud of Lexi. A lot of times she's thrown into this, like, you've got to grow up quick in a sense of, like, helping mom. Yeah. Like, there's situations it's like that, that... It's like that mom strength, but it's, like, daughter strength. Yeah, it is. There's 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 situations that, whether it be bathroom or whatever, Lexi knows. She's my well, daughter. It's... She's with me. I mean, it's summer. They're with us the majority of the time. She knows well, when and, I'm struggling. She well, knows when I'm dealing with something. Yeah, and, and Lexi, if you don't know Lexi, like, personally, whatever, like, she... She complains over stupid things sometimes, and she's yeah. kind of she's I mean, very she's, she's very picky, and she's Food very especially. and she's like very particular. So it's 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 fun to like see her in these moments where she like just like she tough. turns it on. Yeah, she she it's like she turns on this like adult Lexi, yeah. and she's where like, she's like we got to do this, so I'm helping my mom. Yeah, she knows she has to do it. So yeah, it's awesome. I love Alexi. I mean, yeah, I, she's and probably- I always had this feeling like when I found out we were gonna have a girl first. I mean, you, your oldest brother, your oldest sibling is a boy. Yeah. My oldest sibling is boy. I always had this feeling of like we gotta have a boy first, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like now that I have Brooks, Alice, and Alexi, I'm realizing why we were given a girl first. Yeah. And I'm realizing why we were given a boy last. 
yeah, you know, nine years definitely. later. <laughs> and I mean, even to like our podcast, you know, there's like yesterday or today, like Lexi, like, it's like dad. Did you get your podcast posted? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know. Like, like, she's so concerned like, about it. It just makes me so happy. You I know? know. Well, last week, it, I no, had some technical or, difficulties with mine. It was last mine. week or two weeks ago, I think. It I can't remember. Weeks. But I came home, and I was like, my podcast my podcast isn't showing up. I was freaking out. And I was like, we got to figure it out right now. And she's like, your podcast isn't showing up? She's freaking <laughs> out with us. Like, it's her responsibility. I, it's so cute. I forgot to publish it. It was all ready to go. I just... Didn't click the publish mm-hmm, button, so mm-hmm. it was still up Wednesday morning, it's just right. a little delayed. It's but right. we got it. But another thing is that she, with Alexi and her growing up and all this stuff, she is very attentive to her cost of sports. Yeah, and like, she's very attentive. She I, knows how much it costs. Like she, so she's in a tournament in Vegas in a couple weeks, and she's very. She knows how much that registration was. I'm so proud of her for being able to be in this tournament. Yeah. But the fact that she found out how much the registration was and she says, mom and dad, I want to do Lexi's lemonade. Yeah. She, she wants to help. It, it like, for it makes, us, it makes me so proud. It of makes her. me so proud that I'm, I feel like I'm teaching my daughter that we have to work hard for the things that we want to do. We have to work hard, work hard, play hard. Yeah. The harder you work, the harder you can play. So I, when well, she said that, I'm like, you go for it. Let's do some lemonade. If you want to do some lemonade and help out to try to pay for your hockey, I'm more than proud of you. I, you know, I'll pay her fees. Yeah. I'll pay her fees. But it's the fact that she wants to help that I'm like, dude, I'm so proud of you. Well, usually, I mean, we did the Lexi's Lemonade. We started it a couple years ago because... I think she wanted a swing set. I mean, she was like yeah. four or something, yeah. five. She wanted to save up for a swing set. And so I was like, let's let's have a lemonade stand, you know, and, and we made enough money. I mean, And okay, this isn't country time lemonade. This is like fresh squeezed lemonade from lemons, fresh fruit in the lemonade. Like, this is gourmet lemonade. This is delicious lemonade. Oh, it's a sticky factory over here after, you know. Oh, lemon, yeah. There's lemonade juice everywhere. Yeah. You're... you're your shoes are stuck to the kitchen floor, yeah. like because it's like it's like a scene from Home Alone where Harry's going up the stairs and like his shoes are stuck and then his <laughs> socks. Like that's what happens when you walk to the kitchen yep. after the lemonade week. That's right. <laughs> so we're selling Lexi's lemonade. Uh, I guess we're plugging that. You know, it's, maybe this yeah. epi- this episode is brought to we, you by Lexi's lemonade. Hey, we should have had Lexi on here to sell her own stinking lemonade. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll have her on next week for it. But but yeah, and. What what we're getting at here is like, she's I mean, usually up. usually she's been since that summer she's done this every summer, and it's always for something though. Yeah. It's never just I want to go buy this toy, or I want to go do this. It's usually like she's doing this to save up for something, and so last summer we did hockey and dance, yeah. and Alice did cookies and Alexi did lemonade, and so. We're going to do it again. I don't know if we'll do the cookies. Maybe we'll do it at a different time. Yeah. It was kind of a lot to do the cookies and lemonade at the same time. Well, and dance doesn't start for a I couple mean, months. I mean, for real, let's think about it. A lot of it, the work is me and Nick. Yeah, and the cost. <laughs> like, I don't like, like, I don't like, she's I don't there. get out the Excel She's there she 100% and, like, out, of the like... time, though. She's, she's there 100% of the time helping squeeze, yeah. helping cut, helping do things. But, I mean, she is only 10, so... You know, mom and dad have to be there to help, ordering the supplies, all those things. So, 
We did film a new a new uh, commercial. Yeah. For oh it. my gosh, we should post that tomorrow. It's pretty freaking good. Yeah. So except for Alexi's hair's not done. But I was gonna say on that that like we we joke you know with our kids like they'll they'll like be like let's go to Target or whatever. I'm like oh we gotta save our money for tar- for uh, Vegas you know. Yep. And then like the other day like we were like Autumn was like let's go get in and out and Lexi's like we should save our money not yeah. go out to eat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like like. It's, it's okay. A, we can afford right. some in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> She's just so attentive. And so yeah. I, I'm just proud of her. I mean, at 10 years old, I can't say that I was attentive to that kind of stuff. You know? No, I wish. I mean, I, I, I was off in La La Land expecting the world from my mom to just pay for all my I, I remember we, and we, everything. We sold like, candy and soda as a kid one time on the Ben Johnson lived on, you know, the corner of 2003. Yeah. So like, we like sold it out there and we left the like soda and the candy bars in the cooler that got wet and then it got moldy and we had to just throw it all away yeah and it was just like eh, we made like 10 bucks i don't know what we did i don't know what we wasted i think we i think we went to like weiniger's and bought more candy that like wasn't the candy we were selling (laughs) like that's what we spent our money on was our other candies see and like i so when i was i was a cheerleader for junior high and my mom was like kind of the similar as and i think that's where i've got it of like i'll help pay for your stuff but i want you to work hard i want you to do these fundraisers i want you to try to raise some money for your own thing like and i'm I, I never would think that's a negative thing. I, at the time, I was like, oh, my mom's making me do these fundraisers, you know? But for me, I'm like, I'm so glad she taught me that because I'm now teaching my kids how important it is to work hard for for what you want to do. And I remember it was, I think, Valentine's Day, either Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, and I came up with this cookie, this giant, you know, like a Mrs. Fields cookie, this giant cookie and we had we got a huge heart cookie cutter and we made these giant cookies and we sold these giant cookies and it wasn't an affiliated thing with mrs fields or anything like that this is something that we did in the kitchen and i'm sure my mom was like oh my gosh i'm doing a lot of this work and she's not doing (laughs) as much as much as i tried to do but i honestly think that that's kind of where i've got it from of like you work hard let's do this you know yeah and I guess when I was younger, my dad, you know, he did the construction company and stuff, so I'd go work for him. And when I first started wanting to play hockey, I wanted to play goalie, and it was really expensive. <laughs> I don't know, I'm getting emotional, but <laughs> it's I okay. But uh, my dad said, you gotta, you got to earn your own money. And so I went to work every summer, you know, and, like, I'd yep. earn a bunch of money at the beginning of summer. And I remember buying, I first thing I bought was my helmet. And my goalie bag, which I still have both of them. Yeah. And then I was able to buy my my other pads and stuff. But I remember, like, I went to that first practice, and I just had my own helmet and my own bag. And the other stuff I had to borrow from the organization and the rink. And But I put on my own helmet that I had bought. And I was just... so good. And it was just, like... I loved it. I mean, that's why I still have this thing. Yeah. You know, it's looking on the wall downstairs. Yeah. So. You remember those things. You know, when you get handed these things as a kid, it's like, oh, f- more more gear, more this, more that, yeah. a new stick, whatever, whatever. When you really have to, like, put the effort into it and you realize how much it costs into that feeling of, like, I bought this, yeah. you know, I worked hard for this. I I raised this much money and it feels so good to buy it. Yeah. Right. And so I just, for me, I'm like, if, 
obviously I'm I'm gonna cover whatever like yeah. Alexi needs, but I just feel like I'm proud of her for wanting so much. I mean, this is her idea. Yeah. It's to the point now where Lexi says, I'm going to do Lexi's Lemonade. Like, yeah. It's not me and Nick anymore saying, you need to do this to yeah. try to raise money for your sports. This is her saying, I want to do this. This is kind of her yearly thing. A summer thing is Lemonade. She she does it. So we've spent a, lot of, a long time on that topic, but I'm proud of her. I'm so proud of her for growing up. I'm so proud of her for understanding that she needs to work hard or kind of snapping into this like adult, like very mature mode when, when I need help, she's always there to stand. I mean, think about the first time she has had to get my chair out. There's been people that pass and they're like, Hey, can I get that chair for you? You know, I mean, Lexi was small when she first started yeah. taking my chair out. Cause I don't think Alice could do it right now. No. And she was probably Alice's but, age. But yeah, I think she was younger than Alice. Probably and I remember time. times that she was like, mom, I can't get it out. I don't know what to do. Crying at the back of the car. And I'm like, well, Lexi, you said you could get it out, so I'm stuck. <laughs> I can't get to the back. Like, what are we going to do? Even you're, if you kind of dent my chair a little bit, we got to get my chair out. I was just about to say that your chair probably gets scratched yeah. up a little bit more than you probably yeah. would like it. But, hey, she's learning. Yes. You can get a new chair. I remember the first time that Nick pulled her back there, kind of gave her the rundown. Of, this is how <laughs> we put mom's chair in. You got to put the handles down. Okay, then you push the button and shut the shut the back and then just go jump in the car and then when you get out, open it back up and then here's how you get it out. Like it's it's just this whole routine. It's it's probably because like no offense to anyone who's ever put Autumn's wheelchair in the car, but like it's very particular. I, I see it and I'm like, <laughs> why did they put it in that way? Like Yeah, who? but you gotta remember they don't do it I multiple know, times a day. You do. So you know our car. You know, you know, kind of the routine of like it, how it fits best. And like when we go buy a car, like I'm like, all right, this chair better fit in here without having to take anything off. <laughs> well, and we Nick is kind of like car. the nitpicky. He's like, nope, the back. And I'm like, I love this car. And he's like, nope, the back. We were going to buy a van. And I said no, because there it the, dips. It didn't it didn't fit in there just perfect. It was awkward and like. It was annoying to get in and out, and I said, no, I'm not buying this van. Yep. Because I have to put this wheelchair in a, Multiple thou- a times. thousand times <laughs> a week, it feels like. like but oh. we can move on. We yeah. can move on. I mean. Let's let's talk about pregnancy and delivery with Brooks. Let's rewind. Yeah. That was a, that was a uh, stressful. Uh, yeah. It was a commitment. I mean, we spent three years, two, two and a half years trying to have Brooks. And so we were kind of at the point where it was like, our kids are growing up. Are we wanting to start over? And if and if we're going to get pregnant, this has got to be soon. Otherwise, we've got to move on. Like, we've got to live our life because we're getting older. Our kids are getting older. You know, this took a lot of my, like, emotional state of mind. We, I mean, every month getting that negative pregnancy test for me was just like just, a punch in the gut, you know? Had, we had no. This wasn't right after Toronto. This was, this was a little bit after Toronto when we went. But we had just honestly come back. I think it was from Colorado or something. Mm-hmm. We went on a vacation with each other, and Autumn was like, "I think I want to have another kid." And I was like, "I said I think there's one more." And I said, "I have the feeling there's one more." Are you sure? Like I was, I I had to pull on him. Like I had to look her in the eye. Like, are you sure? I mean, you realize- this is, I, a kid in itself is commitment, but when we're dealing with like the physical standpoint of things, this is even bigger yeah. <laughs> of a deal because I Nick can't carry the baby for pregnancy. I have to do that on my own. Nine months, 
no matter what, I have to be the one to, to do that. So even though he can help after the baby's born, there's that nine months that I already have medical things I'm dealing with. And that's just on top. I'm high risk. I, you know, that there's so many things that come along with pregnancy. Um, I definitely with Brooks could tell I was five years older. Yeah. Like there, there's so many things. So, I mean, when I think the last month I was on Clomid trying, I, I wasn't going to do any, um, like in vitro, in or, vitro or fertility treatments other than like looking at my hormones just for the fact of I kind of felt like that was my sign that I'm not meant to have another kid. I do have two beautiful children that I'm more than happy with, but I did feel like there was a third, you yeah. know. And I think we've already mentioned on this podcast the story about, you You know, we had Autumn had a dream before we were married. Yes. That we had two girls. Yeah. And it, so, like, we kind of always. All like, I could see is from the back they were holding hands and they had dark, darker hair and I couldn't see their faces. Yeah. And so, the, I mean, this whole time we've been married, we got the first girl and it's like, okay. And then the second one was going to be a boy yes. and then it turned out to be a girl. And it was kind of like, and then when this happened where when we couldn't was, get pregnant, yeah. it was like. Okay, is this is it? This is it? this really it? And Autumn, yeah. Autumn really had a feeling that there was one more, and there was, you know, and she really wanted to have a boy. And if it ended I, up being you know, a girl, I said I don't okay. care, boy, girl, whatever. I just feel like there's one more. I feel like I'm meant to have one more baby. Also, the feeling of this is my last. I didn't get that with Alice. When yeah. I had Alice, I always felt like there would be a next one, yeah, another one. And so I didn't get that closure of like. This is my last baby. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to take those snuggles. I'm going to, you know, really, you know, enjoy these last moments because I'm moving on from this stage of my life. Yeah. When it's your last, you're kind of putting mm -hmm. that pregnancy and delivery and newborn stage behind you. And with every stage of your kid growing, you're putting that in your past now and you're moving forward with older kids. So anyway, so. After two and a half years of trying, I we were on the last month of Clomid. I'm, Clomid makes you feel pregnant. So I had already been on it for four months, feeling like I was pregnant for four months already. And I it, nothing was working. It was, our, my numbers looked great, according to my blood tests. Yeah. But I couldn't get pregnant. We were doing everything we were told to do. Wink, wink. And it was a good few months, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, I was just, I told Thank Nick. Thank you, Dr. Levitt. Oh, gosh. Please put her back on that. Regiment. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, but yeah, that, that last month I was frustrated. I mean, getting those negative pregnancy tests was just like that low point, you know, of just like I'm it, trying. It was so like a monthly. It this. was a monthly. Like she's like, t you know, cry, like, she, she would get excited and be like, okay, I think this I is it. And like, I feel these feelings. And like she would like start taking pregnancy pregnancy tests, and like it was a little bit early, but it could have shown. Like, they have, like, the percentage and stuff. Yeah. But then it was, like, there's still a little bit of hope. But then it was, like, that, like, day where, like, if it doesn't show pregnancy today, then it's not. Yeah. Your and, cycle's coming, and, <clears throat> and that's that. And I had to be, like, hey, it's all right, you know. Yeah. Like, maybe it's not meant to be. And when I said that, like, it really made her, like. It made me mad. She's like, that doesn't help, you know, yeah. and it didn't. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, know. I know. Uh, so, this, so this is the last month, and it was pretty sure new year's eve <laughs> yeah well we kind of said hey you know if it doesn't happen this last yeah. it was the last month of the year yep and so like okay we're gonna give it yep. december 
if it doesn't happen, you know, then we're done. Yep. And then I'm done would... doing put my body through this. I'm done putting my my mind through this of like hope, hope, hope. And anybody that's either had a miscarriage or any sort of problem with fertility, they get that hope that they their hopes are shot down when they, when it's like nope. And so two and a half years of this is killing me. I'm just like I can't put myself through this any longer. You know. Well, what do you know? Get pregnant that month. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve, and my New Year's resolution that year was to have more sex. And oh, we, whatever. We, we, we completed it in one day. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but no. geez. And then it went downhill from there. So, yeah. I'm, you know, that was my New Year's resolution this year, too. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> but, but, okay. but, yeah, yeah so, so pregnancy was hard. I mean, well, I want to say when you found out you were pregnant that time, it was like, it was super exciting. Like it was, and it was, it was more like a relief. Like we did it. Yes. Cause like the other kids, like literally Although like, there was still months. that anxiety of like, is it going to stick? Because we didn't tell anybody till 10. I mean, a couple family members, but we didn't let it know, be known socially or anything until we knew the sex that it was a boy. Yeah. And so, and that partially was because I did not want to tell people I was pregnant and then have, you know, yeah. I had a lot of friends that were kind of going through that infertility with me. And so you almost get this feeling once you do get the baby, once you do get pregnant, you almost get this feeling of like, who am I going to offend? And, you know, with every person that you see on your social media feed or in your family i remember my sister got pregnant while i was right my sister Britt got pregnant right when i was in the middle of this infertility and it as much as you're like i could not expect you to put your family on hold for me and my feelings it still hurts yeah it's kind of that feeling like when you like oh we're gonna go to a trip to we want to go to hawaii so bad and then like you see like your neighbor going to hawaii and everyone yeah and you're like man I want to go to yeah. Hawaii. Like, you know, I mean, that's just a dumb example. Yeah, I'm so ready. And what am I doing wrong? And why, why? And you start asking, like, why me? You know, and you yeah. get those why me's. And it's so easy to, like, <clears throat> see someone else succeeding in life and feel like that should be me. Whether it's money, whether it's kids, whether it's yeah. a job, whether it's a yeah. house. It's so easy to look at someone else's life and be like, why is better than mine? I Why? deserve that more than them. And like yes. <clears throat> people win money and everyone's like, well, I deserve a little chunk yeah. of that money. Yeah. Like it's, it's fine. We, you you do you and you don't know that. Guess what? That person may have gone through five years of infertility. Right. That person, may, getting... that person may be financially like just barely making it, you right. know, but like that house is their, their thing, their you goal, know, yeah. Or, like, that job, like, you don't know how many years of school, whether they went to school or just, like, the time they spent in the trenches, basically, you know, getting that job or literally spending time in the trenches if you're in the military or something to get Mm -hmm. where they are and how successful they are. Right. So, it's kind of that, like, don't judge people by what they're having or their successes. Like, just applaud them. And I'm telling you, if you've dealt with infertility, I, I mean, I'm not pregnant. So, I mean, I've never been pregnant. I've never had <laughs> I it. hope you're not but pregnant. I'm just saying on that, you know, thing. But, and I can't really speak to that, but I'm speaking to the ladies because I mean, that's what I said. But what I'm saying is if you see people that are succeeding at things that you feel like you should be that succeeding, should be you. like whether it's a job, whatever, just be happy for them because I'm telling you the positive energy you get from is everything from like telling them good job and not being like jealous, like jealousy. 
I think I think jealousy is the like bare evil. I think it's the root of root of all evil. I yeah, do. It really is. So whether it's that job or a dog or of kids, you know, whatever. Just be happy for people. And yes. I'm telling you. And under, like, understand that they're at a different point in their life. Yeah. Too. And I mean, so, so this, this, this person but. might be, this person might be getting a puppy and you wanted a puppy. This person might be having a kid and you really want a kid so bad or, or and you're just not in the financial state or not finished with school or whatever. Just know that they've, they've been there at one point. You know, yeah. so for me, I didn't want to sit there and be like, we're pregnant when I know that there's people around me that are struggling with that because I knew how much that hurt. And so I think that that's part of the reason I waited to share also is because I, I, you I had been there. So you didn't want to yeah. offend the people. That, and I like, think honestly, if you go from. look at my social media posts that I made when we found out we were pregnant with Brooks at the bottom, I acknowledge all those people that are still dealing with infertility because it was such like a, I was tearing myself up inside of like, I'm so happy. I finally got what I was like hoping for, but I feel bad. Like you've been there. I feel bad because I, I've been there and I've seen other people be pregnant and it's just, it just hurts. Even though you could never expect them not to be, Yeah. you know? So, um, so yeah, I mean, I was five years older than I was with Alice when I got pregnant with Brooks. And so I, that was very apparent that things were harder. I'm not, I, I'm not as like, I mean, I still transfer everywhere in this and that, but it's not as easy as it, yeah. as it was. I, I did notice. And like, those are the things when I, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't say it, but like, I, yeah, there was times like, where like, we go. like, there was times like when she was pregnant and like, she was having a hard time and like in the back of your mind, like, you're like, like I told you, yeah, I told you so, help. but yeah. like, you know, I refrain yeah. from saying that because I still want to be married to Autumn and I still <laughs> love her <laughs> and I, and I was super excited to be a yeah, dad of, probably, a, of a boy. Yeah. Probably one of the hardest parts of my pregnancy was my UTI. I you we all know spinal cord injuries struggle with UTI because of self-cathing. Um no matter how clean you are, you're prone to infection because you know you know because you are inserting something into your bladder whereas your bladder is meant for things to just come out not go in. So I got a UTI when I was pregnant with like with Brooks and um, the, the antibiotic I had been taking, I could, it's called Macrobid. I could take it with pregnancy. I took it and it did not work. <laughs> so <laughs> being pregnant, I mean, it, you've heard us talk about antibiotics in the past and how legit my list of antibiotics I can take is so small. Yeah. Well, when I was pregnant, besides Macrobid, there was literally one other antibiotic I could take that wasn't in the myosin family because I will not take myosin. Yeah. Anything you're in the super myosin. Allergic. Vancomycin is like, so I get a rash with an antibiotic or antibiotics I'm allergic to. Vancomycin is like the devil. I will <laughs> never take it again. And maybe one of these days I'll share some of my images from, from that whole whole thing in fact one time i showed lexi and she about died when she saw it she's like ah! freaking out because it was so, it's just hell it i is. don't like seeing it <laughs> i so, mean i've seen them enough times yeah but. yeah so anyway so there was just one antibiotic i could take and it's called keflex well i knew that i was gonna rash up i've taken tried to take keflex before 
and, and I it, said it's like out. a delay rash. It's like it doesn't show three up for like three days, in, days. Yeah. and then it's like oh here it goes and she's and, itchy. And once you're three days in, it's got to take its course. Yeah, so you and might so, as well just finish out the antibiotic at that point. Uh, in a sense, yes. Three days in, you can stop, and hopefully the course will stop earlier. Yeah, but with this, he Doctor Levitt was just like, listen, you have to take an antibiotic. Yeah. Your body, this will transfer to the baby, this infection. So you have to take an antibiotic. And here's the thing is you're rashing up. You're having a physical reaction, but it's not closing your throat. It's not, you know, you're you're not having an allergic reaction. You're not in danger. Right. You're uncomfortable, so, but you're not in danger. Yes. So he's basically was like, you have to take this and take Benadryl every four hours. How many days was this? Ten? Dude, it was. I felt like you were on Benadryl for a month. Dude, at all day I felt drunk. I <laughs> fell out of it. I. It was frustrating because I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus on work. I was just like, you know, anybody that's had an infection knows that you're just like, blah. Like you, you just don't feel good. And antibiotics mess with my digestive system. So I can't guarantee that I'm not going to have an accident when we go out and about. So... I don't know. I just, I had to take this antibiotic. I mean, I remember my hands. The last thing to rash up is always my hands. I remember them rashing up and then peeling. Do you remember the skin peeling off yeah, my hands? Yeah. So, it was I like mean, you got burned. It was like I got burned really bad. I mean, my whole body would rash up and then peel as if I got burned. So, anyway, that was probably the hardest. That and then... Uh, the delivery <laughs> was probably <laughs> the hardest with Brooks. So do you want to go through the delivery really quick? We better make it quick because we still got a lot to get to. Yeah. So, I mean, the delivery, like, <laughs> so I worked at Tanner Clinic, so I knew Dr. Levitt. You know, I worked with him and stuff. So the that night, night before. That night before, which was like. We were watching Harry Potter. We were doing a Harry Potter marathon, remember? <laughs> which we've never finished that marathon, have we? I know. I think we finished, yeah, with the with the newborn. Oh, okay. But we should do it again right around Brooks's birthday. Okay, we talked about that last year. Remember for his birthday, so yeah. Harry Potter marathon coming up September first. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So that night before autumn is like, oh, Dude, I'm in so I'm much pain. Like I really think that I'm gonna have a kid, and I'm like. Um, do you think you can make it to the morning? And she's like, I don't know. I, like, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, dude. These, like that night was like a You get blur. these like cramps in your back that are like contractions and you're like, that that was not right. Well, that was not normal. When you have those <laughs> nights where like you can't remember if it was a dream or really happening, that was that night. And like, I feel like I was up the entire night and I slept the entire night. Yeah. I was, I was, I sat up crying. I and was I was like, just like, and Nick's like, I'll rub, your, I'll rub back. your back, go back to sleep. And I'm like, dude, I cannot go back to sleep. It's so like, like I'm rubbed, dying. I think I rubbed Adam's back for like three hours that night, but I was just he like. He would not call Dr. Levitt. <laughs> he's so like, I don't want to wake him up. I'm like, he's a freaking OB that delivers babies. He's used to people going into labor. And he's like, no, I don't okay. want to text him okay. at night. My, I mean, I was 37 weeks mom, on the dot. My, my bigger fear was. We have been there where we had to go in the middle of the night and that they sent us home and we didn't have kids at that point. So now I knew kids. I knew we had to find a babysitter for our kids and yeah. get them to come over. And 
It was. Know. It wasn't just let's go to the hospital. It was going to be a phone call to find someone to come over. All these things. And so I didn't want to be like, "Hey, come over. We're having a baby." And then like you call him up three hours later, and like, "Sorry, just kidding, psych. no baby." You know. And then yeah. Like, Man, those guys should have just well, waited. And so, so nine thirty a.m. comes <laughs> on a Sunday, and I'm like, "So is it late enough to text Doctor Levitt now? Because I'm like, still dying." Yeah. So I text him, you know, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you just go to the hospital. And tell him to I'll this, meet you this. there." <laughs> Meet you there, you know, just tell him to do this, this, this. It was Sunday. And then he's like, okay, I think I think he had a church or something. Yeah, and, he came. He had his Sunday clothes on. He came from And so church. he came after, and then he's like, comes back in. He's like, well, we're having a baby today. Yeah. <laughs> he, and, like, I'm telling you guys right now, if you have an OB, okay, I'm telling you women. If you have an OB that you you think is cool, but you don't feel heard, <laughs> but you feel like, well, he's delivered my previous babies. He knows me. You know, it's kind of a personal thing. I'm telling you right now, Dr. Levitt and changing to him was the best thing I ever did. So if you were at that place, I mean, I told my sister she was struggling with infertility. And I, I told her, go see Dr. Levitt because he will actually take time out of his day to... Listen, listen to you and to look at you and really give you, I mean, before I'm not going to say what doctor I had before, but he basically told me to go have a fertility consult. He wouldn't even draw my blood to see if it was my hormone levels. So going to Dr. Levitt, he drew my blood. That was that. And yeah, from then on, I I got pregnant. He was so, he, he was invested. Yeah. He was invested in us. So Dr. Levitt, you look him up. He's a, most bomb OB out there, I'm telling you. <laughs> so we so, go in to have this baby, and they give me a spinal block. Well, now, let me tell you, I had a spinal block with Alexi. I had an epidural with Alice. So I've had both of these procedures. Yeah. And we go into the, I mean, we had had two C-sections before this. We knew the drill. You go in, yeah. you hang out till C-section time, which is whenever the doctor wants to Come and have a C-section because it's not emergency or nothing. Yeah, unless it is emergency. Well, C-section, we are we were still having like contractions and you know they. But had it's the not an emergency, on. like. But it's not like I'm dilating so fast that I'm like I gotta get in there right now and blah blah yeah. blah, blah blah. Like you know it, it like, was in progress. I think we even got delayed an extra hour and a yeah. half or something. So we finally we get into the operating room and they they dress her up. They do all Which, the sanitizing. Let me tell thing. you this: when they put. Okay, so we all know I have a scar down my back, in my, like, my spine, down my spine. When they have to give me that epidural and that spinal block, my anxiety, I can't even explain to you. I don't know why them putting something into my scar freaks me the heck out, but it scares me so bad. And Nick can attest to this. I freak out. And, like, I, I don't even know why because it's, like, it's just a scar. But, like, maybe it's that that scar has so much... Like Meaning. story behind yeah. it, like you're almost like protective of your scar. Like, yeah, I think Autumn Scar is sexy. It's a, <laughs> it's a gnarly scar. It's giant. Like, like if you've ever heard like a guy with scars, you know, it's hot. Like Autumn, but their <laughs> scar is hot. Oh, <laughs> so no, so they give me a spinal block. We're waiting for and, it to kick in, and like you know, you're in your little like gown and stuff, and but you're like on this like metal cross looking table. Well, they they pin your arms down. So you so, can't grab anything. It's just, I mean, it looks, you know, not comfortable, like, the whole setting. Anybody who's been in an operating room is just, yeah, just like, C-sections. cold, like, 
eerie Dude, setting. Oh, ours smelling are not my the friend. smell of it, you know. Yeah, the lights. I always yeah. lay back and look and at like, the lights. It's up that, top. like bright brighter than white lights, yep. you know? Yep. Like it's almost like I don't know how to explain, but yeah. So like we're sitting there, she puts the final block and they're like, All right, they, it's kicking they, in. They have this tool that they use that they poke and if you fill it, then they're like, mm, she's not numb yet. Well, I kept filling it. I never stopped filling it. And and the best part was, like, they would, like... Secretly do well, it. Well, yeah, because, like, they do it. Because, like, if you look at someone touch your arm, like, you're like, oh, I feel you touching my right. arm. Because your mind sees it. Yeah. So, it, it, so if they're like, do you feel this? Yeah. Then, then you might feel it. But, but they didn't ask. Yeah, and they, they would, would just do it. do it. And I'm like, I can feel that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, oh, just testing. <laughs> I guess you can still feel, you know? Like, it hasn't We will in. not cut you until okay so then the anesthesiologist starts getting anxious and he's like i did it should be kicked in yeah like, like i don't know like what's we're, happening we're past the like, i mean and I, I don't know if it has to do with my injury i don't know why but obviously there's a reason the spinal block wasn't working he said he got spinal <laughs> fluid yeah he's like yeah it looked everything looked great yeah so they're like he's just stressing. Like he was mad stressing. Like I don't know what to do. Like he know. was like he was pissed. Like it was that like where like you work so hard at something and it just doesn't work and like you can't be mad at anybody. It's not your fault. It's not right. you know, it's just sometimes doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, a side note, I've been at the McKay D O R. I've been at the Ogden Regional O R and I've been at Davis O R. I've been at Davis O R twice. For a different procedure. But if I have any advice for you, I'm not a huge fan of Davis Hospital OR. <laughs> <laughs> the last procedure I had, they had to put, like, you know how they put the breathing tube down your throat? They pinched my lips, so I had this freaking giant lip after surgery. And it wasn't, like, a crazy surgery. It was just, like, a routine, like, women woman surgery. And I have this freaking giant lip. They pinched my <laughs> lip. Remember. Right? And so it's just like little things like this that I'm like, I'm not saying this anesthesiologist wasn't the greatest, but it was little things like this I felt like with the Davis OR that was just kind of off. Not my doctor. My doctor was just fine. It was like the OR, the people that are just there, you know. So he sits me, he, he says, I think we're going to have to do a yeah. epidural. We're, we're going to do it again. So he sits me up, does the epidural, and... Then it takes, what, 30, 45 minutes for an yeah. epidural to kick in. And we're in the OR. So they have a pretty tight schedule of, like, this patient, this pa in, out, in, out, you know. And we're sitting there chatting. Dr. Levitt's sitting there chatting, like, waiting for me to go numb. And so finally they lay me back. And I was numb to, like. I, I think they were, like. And see, like, okay, let's... They wanted to get it done. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that there's somebody else waiting to yeah. go in. Yeah. So they were like, we've we already do spent it. how long sitting in there waiting for this to happen? So she couldn't feel like them cutting her, but like they. No, felt... so like I, I was numb, definitely to like pain, but pressure. And with C sections, you still feel pressure. You feel when the baby's out, just for the fact of like the pressure of them pulling that giant thing out of your stomach. You you still you, you feel that pressure. This pressure was like layer open, layer open. Like I could feel the tugging more than I wanted yeah. to feel. And I this was my third C section, so I'm telling you right now, I could feel more 
this third time around than I could the second. And it was so uncomfortable. And, like, Autumn would look at me and she would, like, be, like, she was, like, she wasn't crying because she was, like, it was intense, you know. And I don't yeah. think you, you know, it was, like, that mom strength. But, like, she was scared almost in her it eyes. And I was just, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, and she she's, like, saying, you can't feel it, right? And I'm, like, yeah. I can't feel it, like, but I can feel like it. Like, she's, I, like. She's. I can see her just anxiety going crazy. I can see her mind just like running, and I'm like, I just kept saying, "Just get it done. Like, just pull it out. Just get him. Just, just like get him out. Chainsaw or open it. You know. No, and I couldn't feel the pain of it, but it was just that feeling of like I could feel too much as far as like the pressure goes to know what steps they were on. Yeah. So I knew what they were doing behind the scenes, and then you feel and pull Brooks out, and I was like, okay, he's out, and then then he's like. You still want to t- want your tubes to be tied, and I'm like, please, please tie my tubes. <laughs> this is the last time I'm doing this. Like, yeah. I can't do this anymore. And then at this point, I mean, they brought Brooks up, showed him to me. We both are, you know, like that moment when you see your first, you know, you're and not your you know first, what? He you see your kid he cries, the- and the, his look on his face, and he is crying. I still flash back when yeah. he starts crying. Do you know yeah, what look yeah. I'm talking about? And and they were like, oh, he's got some pipes, you know, because he was so loud. Screaming. He's still got those pipes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know how many times I have to ask our kid to stop screaming? If anybody's hung out with us, they know that Brooks is a Yeah, a he's a loud kid. So anyway, so Nick goes with the baby, and lucky him. He's always got to be the one to go with the baby while I sit there and get freaking stitched up. <laughs> but I once he left... I was by myself and it was just like, I remember the tears just rolling down my face. One for the fact of like, you know, I just had a baby. I really, I hadn't got the skin to skin with either of my first two babies. And I really wanted that. Yeah. I'm like, and I like, really you did want to say that. Like, yeah, I said to him, I said, if it, at all possible, I really want to hold my baby on my chest after he's born. I really want that feeling of like this is my baby and and that's part of the like this is my last kid i that's one thing that i crave i I want this this is my baby you know Mm -hmm. brooks was having problems with his breathing and it was like so like on the verge like it would go over and then would go under so i didn't get the skin to skin nick and nick and brooks went back to the o to the nicu and I just remember the tears rolling for so many reasons. Well, they they had just told you what your baby's in the NICU. That's it. Yeah, and and they can't tell you anything. Yeah, because I mean, they, I mean, there's probably a lot of people who get that. They news. don't. They don't want to be like, ah, it's just a little. It's not a big thing, and then have it be a big thing, right? Yeah. So they stitch me up and take me back to the room. Forty five minutes later, I still haven't had my baby. I and, haven't been able to hold well, him. And I'm sitting in there with him, and he's doing fine. But like, I can only imagine what like Autumn's going through. And I didn't take Nick my phone. Nick didn't have his phone. I didn't take my phone. I didn't think about that. Like I was like, we're going to the OR. I'm not gonna be busting out my phone. Like you know, in the operating room. Yeah. Checking bur- playing burger flip or I something. Know. You know. So, and so I go to the NICU, and like the lady's like, "Do you want to take some pictures?" And I'm like. Can I? And I go, yeah, take some pictures. I'm like, and this whole time the nurses have just been like, they're still in the NICU. They're still in the NICU. So I'm literally just sitting on my phone in the, in the recovery room, just like, okay, just in our room. And so she's like, I was like, well, can I go get my phone? Where's my baby? I want, they were like, what can I get for you? I'm like, my baby. And I, and I walked into the room and Autumn is like in tears. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, is he okay? Is he okay? I'm like, oh, Dude, he's fine. Like, once he crossed that NICU, like, they had to, like... All these tests. Yeah, and so it's, like, 
once you cross that door, even though he was like on the line, it's still going to be uh, an hour process, yeah. probably, you know. So, and once he was in there, it was good and it was fine. And I was like, he's fine, he's fine, fine. I promise. Yeah. I just have to go back and I, I'm going to go take some pictures. I'll send you some pictures from, he yeah. sent me some pictures from the NICU while they were waiting. And so I got to see Brooks on pictures. And then I just remember that feeling when he brought Brooks in I just, <laughs> it, mom life right there. There's nothing like being handed your baby for the first time. That's all I can say. And I just feel like with this, my third baby, I just enjoyed every second and i just was so grateful those two and a half years of waiting so long for this miracle and then he was finally there three years all together that we waited for him and he was just there we had the name brooks picked out since we thought alice was a boy <laughs> so we just we knew his name um, and you know it's just special just special yeah. we worked so hard to get him there i worked so hard to get him here and i think with brooks like from that moment from that very moment we had him in that room i think we've tried to just enjoy every day with brooks Even and like it's been hard it, he, he has is been wild as crap man hardest kid we have had <laughs> he doesn't sleep well there's a reason if we would have got brooks first we would have one kid yep <laughs> definitely definitely one kid but we had our middle kid was our best yeah we our had best a, sleeper we had, everything we had alexi that tested us and showed us that parenting was She's not so going to be hard and i mean not going to be easy and it was hard throughout the whole thing and then we had alice it was like a breeze like alice i don't know if anybody knows alice but she's the sweetest you know little girl she's she's a little sensitive she, she is, is but, that's, but she's just sweet she's so sweet she's so sensitive she, she, you know, she likes to dance on the tramp. She likes yeah. to take her music out there, which, okay, I did. Yeah. I look at her do this and I'm like, mm-hmm, that was me at that age. And if anybody looks out that door and watches her dance, she gets so offended. <laughs> and if Lexi looks out there and smiles even at her, she yeah. loses her mind. Yeah. So, so she she's is, very sensitive. And she's but, very... She doesn't like situations where she's not comfortable. She's also the type, though, um, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't want to embarrass Lexi, but we had drama the other night over a moth. <laughs> and she screamed, cried at like 11 o'clock at night for like 30, 45 minutes. She was just tired because she, tonight... I kept just saying, just go to bed. The moth's not going to come downstairs. Just go to bed. You're so tired. This was after the parade whole shindig yeah. that day. I'm like, you're so tired. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. So if this was Alice... She would have walked her little booty to bed and just been fine, gone yeah, to sleep. Alice puts herself to bed. She puts herself to bed. Lexi, I couldn't push her down the stairs if I tried. Yeah. And I tried to make her go downstairs. <laughs> I was so sick the of the best crying. Was, the best was tonight when she walked in because she went home. Friends. We left her the rink with her friends and they came and she's having a sleepover right now. But, you know, it, and Don brought her in. And when they walked in, because Don in. came in to like talk, <laughs> and a moth flew in with them, and I was like, "Lexi, Lexi a moth. A moth!" And like she knew, she was like, "Okay, I was being ridiculous." Yeah. Like it is, and just that's a, what I always tell her: you're, you're being butterfly. ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. You're gonna realize this. <laughs> and I even told her that with her eating. One day you're gonna tell me, "Mom, I don't know why I didn't just eat more stuff. I I was just being dumb." She it's she's just so stubborn. Whereas Alice just is the type that's like, fine, you're right. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Put yeah. myself to bed. So 
Anyway, I love those three kids. They I are, do. I they do are love... our pride and joy and also our sorrows and hurt and low points. Well, and like, But the good definitely outweigh the bad. It is, and I love being a dad. Makes like, it that much more worth it, doesn't it? Even though I don't really feel old enough to be a dad, like I still feel <laughs> like a kid. You like, still feel like you're like 20, okay? <laughs> I go to like parent-teacher conference, and I feel like the teacher's, like, getting mad at me, like, hey, and I feel like I'm in trouble, like, or I'll go to, like, the first day of school thing, and, like, I feel like I should be, like, sitting with the kids and not sitting with the adults, <laughs> like, I'm definitely, I feel more comfortable yeah. with kids than I do adults, I don't know if anybody knows that about me, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. I definitely, I'm, like, just, I like hanging out with the kids more mm-hmm. than the adults, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but... So, um, I kind of wanted to talk about one of my other babies, almost Alice. This has been a long, this has been a long road for me being an entrepreneur. Um, I re, I, I had like a cre- creative business before and I rebranded to almost Alice and I wanted to, wanted it to be more of a shop. So I don't know if you know the difference between a handmade and just like a buy sell type of a shop. But it's a huge difference. And so, I mean, I kind of feel like this is where I have bit off more than I can chew. <laughs> I mean, handmade versus like just buying, you know, it's so much easier to just buy something, put it on the Internet, sell it versus like I made this product. I designed it. All these all these things. Every single bow is designed in our office. The fabric is picked. It's felt by my hands. And when she says office, this is literally like our our, our office, room our front house. Yeah, I have an office in our house. So it's the the bows are tied by either me or Mandy. Sewed. I mean, Paige just had a little baby. Shout out to Paige. Congratulations on your baby. Um, she she sewed for us for a long time, and she'll probably pick back up whenever she's ready to do that. But um. I do have, and then Ashley helps do like finish work, like turning and ironing and stuff like that. You know what? I do have a lot of help, but every single bow is touched by me. Like this is a handmade thing. This isn't so. So think of if these bows cost seven dollars. Think of how many bows go out my door. Yeah. These all are touched by me. This is this is a long. This is a hard process. This is I, not just bicep. I did, I did want to pause there and just, you know, give a shout out to, I think we've shouted out your crew before, but Autumn has oh, a pretty I, good crew. I was going to shout it out in just a minute. Oh, okay. But yeah, my, <laughs> I, I do have a pretty good crew. Um, there's just so much that goes into the handmade business. So I wanted to kind of highlight that. Um, and, and when you're a small business owner, not even a handmade business owner, a small business owner does a marketing, does a production, does a copywriting and like website work. Um, the finances and payroll, photography, ordering, business, all the business garbage that everybody, I mean, I hate business garbage. It's a lot. You wear so many hats and I have to say, I take so much pride in Almost Alice because of all the work that has gone into it, like countless hours, seriously. There there has been many nights where me and Autumn have a conversation of like, you know, should we continue this? Yeah. Because it is so much work. It's a commitment. It, this isn't so a, much time. I know people look at me and they think, oh, they, she's got it made. She just stays home. She just does this. She just does that. I work harder than I ever did working for someone else. And, like, the bow shop is successful. It definitely is successful. Yeah. But 
how much time it takes is yeah. It, that's where like we we debate because autumn spends a lot. I it's, don't know if how many it's nights just so like, much stress. There's nights where like we're up this late, you know, not recording a podcast, but she's making bows and yeah. I'm last night I'm, orders. You know, like last night she was up late, you know, doing mm-hmm. bow stuff and right. It's there's been times where we like sit down and like right should we continue this like or you I don't really do well much. I think for me it's not should we continue this it's more um evaluating my time and where I'm spending it I could probably go get some corporate job somewhere <laughs> and probably make a lot more money but my heart's not there yeah and that's- my blood sweat and tears aren't there that I have worked so hard for this shop like this isn't just like a one-year thing I, I picked up and whatever. This is like several years in the making, and it's every day of like, this process works best. This process works best. This is how I need to do this. This is how I need to do that. Oh, learning how to do that. You know, photography, I feel like, is always one of my biggest... I, I'm a cri- my own worst critic, but... It's, I always laugh when someone, like, comes up to Autumn and is like, so how do you do your business? Can you tell me? And, and like, you want to, like... Autumn's very kind. Autumn is very kind, and she gives people probably more pointers and, you know, advice than they deserve. Yeah. But, like, she she's worked so hard at this. Like, it's and you want to say. I haven't made and I don't do anything. And it's just like, how does she, how does she just do it? Like, you're just going to, like, teach them, like, what you've learned in the last seven years by trial and yep. error. Like, literally, yep. like putting money into things that don't, don't succeed work. and we're like yep. okay well that was a waste of two thousand yep. dollars okay that was yeah and there's been times where like she's made hundreds of bows and she like has them and then she's like you know what i just don't love them yep like, i've had so many bows that i've thrown away just because they don't look right to me if, if anything autumn like she like every bow that goes out the door is a perfect bow. Like there's no bow. I can guarantee you there's no bow that goes out that, you know, like maybe a there's stitch so popped or whatever. That there's like, so many bows in my office that are like, nope, because of this reason. Nope, because of that reason. And then there's this bucket and Nick's like, what do we do with this bucket? And I'm like, well, I can't throw it away. But they're not good enough to send. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm not I'm not sending those bows out the door because the thing about it is is every picture that I see taken with my bow, every time I run into someone that has a bow on their kid or a scrunchie in their hair. If there is something that bugs me about that, I'm like, mm, I need to get them a it's, new one. It's almost kind of the, the, like the bad where like, I can like look at a little girl's bow and I'm like, my wife made that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or I'll see a girl's bow and I'll be like, yeah, I can tell my wife didn't make your bow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I've like even messaged people like, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but that bow in that picture looks You need terrible. to up your bow game. Like, let me hook you up. Like <laughs> I'll I will, give you a free bow. <laughs> I, I will. I got to hook up on bows, <laughs> and I feel sorry for that little girl who has to wear that scrunch, crumpled up bow. Like, not talking smack it. on anyone else's bows if their mom made them or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah. I just, I take a little bit of pride in Autumn's bows. I, I appreciate that. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do, and I think it's so stupid, but I do. It's not stupid because you know that my my heart and soul has gone into it, and it's it's seriously been. There's so many nights I go to bed and I'm like, I feel like such a failure. And then there's so many nights that I go to bed and I'm like, dude, this launch did so good. Like, how proud, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's just so many ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. Um, I do feel like I'm feeling the growing pains of what's next. 
it's like that feeling of like, do we stay handmade? Do we get things manufactured? Do we hire more people? Do we, you know, that feeling of having to let go of all of the, all of the control and say, I'm going to let you make this bow definitely is hard for me. Like I can have all the help on the like well, steps that I can you, fix. When you buy a bow from Autumn, you're not paying for the materials. You're not paying for the fat. I mean, in I a guess, sense you are. You are, but I'm telling you, you're paying for Autumn's touch on that bow <laughs> <laughs> or, or Mandy, you know, or yeah, Paige Mandy's gotten really good. or Ashley that have like, Went to the like the bow school of autumn, you know. And I'm learned. very picky. I'm very picky. And, and I, I, bet, I, uh, those, I bet all four of those, three of those girls have been like. I bet they've been frustrated autumn because there's been times where she's like, mm, "The seam needs to be different here. It's, it's not good." I need and you she's to, yeah. And autumn's probably the nicest person ever at it, and she never like feels like she never feels like mad at her helpers. Yeah. I guess. No, I and I never feel bad. It's it's always next time. Like I'll just fix it myself. I hardly ever would send something back to them and tell them to fix it. <laughs> I'll just fix it, but then I'll let them know. Hey, do this seam a little bit different this time, or um, don't worry about tying this style, or you don't need to iron these, or you know whatever the case may be. Things change, and the longer there's a bow style in my shop, the more little adjustments I've made. And those adjustments trickle throughout the whole production. So those adjustments come when I'm telling the seamstress to sew it different. Those adjustments come when I'm telling them to iron it or not iron it, you know. And so the, all those things are constantly changing depending on the bow. We always are adding new bow styles, you know. And so I I mean props to the ladies that have worked with me because I am so picky. And even my sister will come and I'm like, nope, we got to retie that bow. And, or she'll tie it, have it all ready for me, and I untie it and retie it, you know. And she's so good. She's so good at taking it. She's she's just chill. She's like, it's fine. She's just picky on her bows, and it's fine. <laughs> but that's just the way I am. Yeah, I, basically, I'm just blessed to have them as my crew. Sorry, I'm trying to catch up on my notes to where I should be next. This, this was the shout-out. This was yeah, the shout-out. No, um, I, I, I've talked a lot about, of, about the collaborative shoots that I do with Kaylee. Um, I met Kaylee because she applied to be a brand rep for Almost Alice. Um, and she actually stepped up and did a shoot when my photographer canceled last minute. Like all my my I was, models. I was actually at this shoot. I, I usually don't go to the shoots. Yeah. But I went to well, this one. Accessibility reasons. And this one was an accessibility reason that I yeah. had to help Autumn with yeah. it. And she's like, will you just come with me? And we went and the photographer ran into an issue and couldn't yeah, make couldn't it. Yeah, couldn't make it. And it was just like. I don't even know what to do. I have all the bows here. I have all the models. We're all sitting here. Um, we were sitting. Kay- in the car. Kaylee wasn't quite there yet, and and I called Kaylee and I'm like, "Can you please? Can you please, please?" And I didn't know her well. She was my brand. She was a brand new rep. I didn't know who brand she. Was. I didn't know who. That's the first time I ever met her. I didn't even have her phone number. I like the. I think I like faced Facebook called her or something like that, and I was just freaking out. I'm like, I don't have a photographer. My camera went through a, a phase where it just would not turn on. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm I called my sister Mandy. I'm like, can you please bring your camera? Like she's got a Nikon. So I'm like, just bring your camera. I don't even care how good the pictures are, just as long as it's a clear picture, I can edit it. Like I, I don't know what to do at this point. I have all these things ready. I was just freaking out. I call Kaylee and she's like, I'll come. Well, let me freaking pay her for the shoot. 
Yeah. And so obviously I booked a newborn session with her when Brooks was this is right around when Brooks was born and I was just like I've got to repay you somehow like I've I've she stepped up for me and I feel like ever since we made that connection we've just I mean there's not many friends that you can like be straight up with and and Kaylee I can be straight up with her and I love that we can kind of tell each other because we work on these collaborative shoots and it's not always the funnest conversation. And it's, it's nice that she can tell me how she feels and be kind of straight up. And I can tell her how I feel and be straight up. And I feel like that's why we have a good partnership. I think those are the best kind of relationships. The ones that, like, you can be honest. Yeah. And it's the things that, like, most people would be like, screw them. Yeah. Guess what they said I'm to so me. I'm so offended. Yeah. And, like, it's so easy to get offended by dumb things in life. And just, like, it's... Once you find those people that can just take those... Take take those little criticisms and know that when I tell her we need to change we need to change this for this reason or we need to do this for this reason or whatever she's not taking it as I'm being rude and when yeah. she's telling me th- things with pricing or this or that I'm not taking it as she's being rude it's just being straight up with each other you're being and I honest love it. yeah you guys are being honest and then your friendship is on is an honest friendship right. it's not built on like I gotta. Well, tiptoe around and her. Honestly, she's got tiptoe around Almost me. every day I'm voice texting Kaylee. And I think that through the days, she can tell if I'm stressed out. I can tell if she's stressed out. I mean, it's just that feeling of I love voice texting because you can hear that. You can hear the tone of their voice if they had a bad week or a bad day. Or like for me, I was mega stressing out. And I'm going to kind of go into that right now. And I know for a fact she could hear that. Well, I want I want to I want to just say that sometimes I hear you voice text her and I'm like, hopefully she takes that the right way and yeah. then like she her voice text comes through and like I'm just happened to be on the way to swig with you you know this time <laughs> yeah. I don't listen to all of her voice texts sometimes I yeah hear if he's with and me. I'm just like oh my gosh that was not the response that most people would give you yeah. But you get it from her, and I respect her. She for knows that. that I'm telling her these things in the most utmost respect. Yeah, and, and vice versa. You know, it, we're just very honest. And you know, this is how I am with Steph with marketing with Brims. A lot of the times, she'll voice text me like tonight. She's like, "I need this, 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 this done," and it's so much easier that way. It's so much easier. And it, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I voice texted Nick, and he's like, "Oh, so I know I'm working for you if you're voice texting me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the voice text list, but yeah. But the, the lesson I want to like send everybody there is like, don't be so quick to be offended, and be a good listener. And I mean, don't we, beat around the bush. Be very yeah. be be upfront and and but respectful. Yeah, respectful. I do feel like there's a way to disagree and be respectful versus disagree and be a jerk about it yeah i think there should be a lesson on this on facebook that everyone <laughs> doesn't need to agree on stuff yes or if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at yeah, all so just this week i was feeling like super grateful for my bride rep kelsey um she's constantly offering her help she's she's a cheerleader the podcast she's always like every aspect of my life she's cheering me on she really is um she even jokes that she wants her daughter Nora and Brooks to get married when they grow up because she thinks Brooks is so cute. <laughs> but she's just so sweet. So this last week I was like super anxious. I realized that our collab shoot for July is outside. We kind of had this idea. One of my friends from high school is letting us use their venue and there's like a pond and all these things. And it's going to be beautiful. And I, I was so excited. And then it just like hit me like a ton of bri- a ton of bricks. I I don't know about accessibility. 
Um, it's going to be so pretty. It, it's going to have like the pond, the sunset, like all the things. Um, but like we've talked about the summer and outdoors. Yeah. yeah. It, it just when I realized that it wasn't going to be accessible, I, I was just sick to, sick to my stomach and Nick was sitting there with me when I was voice texting Kaylee. And I just like, I text voice text her and I was like, I just also realized I could, you know, uh, we were, I, I was super anxious this day. So we, I think she could tell I was just anxious already. And then I was like, I just realized like accessibility wise, I'm not going to be able to get around. And you know, this is like, I, I cried tears in our voice texts over this. This is like frustrating. It's so frustrating for me. This is where well, it's I... like, it's your business and you can't even work. Like yeah. imagine like you couldn't even work. And we've talked about that, about places you've worked at that, you know, help you out, but you can't tell the grass to you know be more flat right and i'm supposed to be the one running this i'm supposed to be the one coordinating this i'm supposed to kaylee's just supposed to be behind the camera i'm supposed to be the one giving her giving the models their stuff i'm supposed to be the one making sure everything runs getting behind the scenes footage getting stuff for reels getting transitions getting all these things i'm supposed to be doing and if i'm stuck in one spot how am i supposed to do that yeah how am i supposed to do that so this is where I, uh, the best way to explain the feeling that I feel, and it's not just this situation, it's a lot of situations, I feel trapped. I can't get up out of my chair. If there's a bucket and I'm sitting in the weeds, usually when we go somewhere that's grass or weeds or, or bushes or dirt, Nick sets me somewhere and I can't move. So if there's a bucket five feet away from me, one foot away from me, just yeah. far enough out of my reach, I can't reach that. I can't just yeah. stand up and go get that. I'm trapped. I'm stuck. And there's very many nights that I have this feeling of, like, this is never going to go away. I don't get a vacation from this. I don't get to leave this world. I don't get to leave this and go for a day and just forget about it. You know, I don't get that feeling. So this, this is... One of those, like, dark things that really, like, haunts me is just, like, you're never going to live your life again. Being able to get away from this. There's no vacation. There's no getting away from it. So, the best thing I could could think to do, um, part of me doesn't even want to visit these feelings and go to the shoot. Uh, I feel like if I go, it'll be very... I don't know. It's a personal thing. I just feel down. I feel very, you know, just so happens that Lexi, her hockey tournament we just found out about is that same weekend. It's like everything has fallen into the place, the place that it's supposed to be in. And Kelsey is like, tell me what to do. My brand rep, tell me what to do. I will be there. I'm going to stand in for you. You give me the down low on everything I need to do and I will be there for you. And just the feeling that day of just like, I don't know, all of Kaylee's voice texts were like, Autumn, don't worry. We got this. Even if Kelsey wasn't there, Kaylee was like, even if Kelsey's not there to help me, I got this, Autumn. Don't stress. Please don't stress. Please don't stress. She's just so like, she was just there for me. And I know there was some, there's some days, especially with the American Made shoot that we did in May, that she was feeling the anxiety. And I was the one saying, don't stress, don't stress, don't stress. So it's just nice to have those friends that back you up. Kelsey is just like, I don't care what it is. I would love to be there. Are you kidding me? She's like, I'll be there in a heartbeat. 
And so I have her that's constantly willing. There's there's so many times that she's like, I can tell you're probably stressed with production. Can I come up and help you? Do you need help with anything? And then there's Kaylee that's just like, whatever it is, I got it, you know? And I just feel this like overwhelming gratitude. And I'm so thankful for my brand reps. I've met some of my best friends through being brand reps or just bringing them on as brand reps and getting to know them. And I, I, I just can't, I can't say enough about them. So I'm, we're kind of pushing time. So I'm going to move on to my last little section, um, about, I want it to be about being an example and knowing your self-worth. And this has to do with another one of my brand reps. This is my tribe. You guys, this is my, these are my friends. These are the people that have my back, you know, from, from term to term, they have stayed, you know, and, and there's some that, that aren't my reps anymore for other reasons, whether it be they've got things going on in their life or whatever that are still the, some of my best friends that I've met through being a brand rep. But, um, I just want to talk about, um, knowing your self-worth and, and being an example. So I know that every person has felt that low point you know, the low point of like feeling like they're failing, whether it be in relationships, financially, academics, or your career. Um, for me, the main thing is biting off more than I can chew, kind of like I talked about before. <laughs> um, I I kind of have been feeling like I've, I'm a chicken with my head cut, head cut off running around. There's a lot of times where Autumn says, okay, we got to do this, 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 this. And I'm like, okay, we got to do what? And like repeat it again so that I can hear you say it again, that you know that we both are on the same page. Yeah, like so much to do, so little time. From the time I wake up in the morning till the time I go to bed at night, usually after 12 (laughs) a.m., I'm literally, I'm going, 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 whether it be like my kids, sports, events, trying to be present in my kid's life, being a good wife, being a good business owner, staying on top of things. Um, There's so many nights I go to bed feeling like I failed that day because I didn't get this done or that done. Um, There are nights I have to make a, I I have to get up out of bed, make a list list of things that I need to do first thing priority the next day. Otherwise my brain will just like run, run, run. And you know, for me, it's not look what you did today. It's it's, it's uh, shiz. I have I, this. Look this, what this, I this, still got to do, and I yeah. didn't get done. Yeah. And you know, kind of sometimes when we're having those down days, I mean, we're definitely those glass half empty kind of people, and mm-hmm. you're kind of thinking about all the things that you could have done. I mean, I have those days where I'm like, man, I just feel like I, I wasted my day, and like yeah. honestly, sometimes like I have. I have so many things that I want to do that are like these big projects, so you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're almost too big to start. Did mm-hmm. I just waste my time? Like, to even just get there. You know, like, I waste so much time, like, just like, I don't have enough time to do that one. So which one am I going to do? Yeah. And then you're like, you start thinking like, okay, I'm going to hurry and do this little thing first. I'm going to do this little thing yep. first before I start this big thing. And then, and then you never get to that big thing. But like, it's like the start... garage cleaning out today. You're just like, dude, I'm going to well, clean this side of the garage. Yeah, And like, that was the thing. I was like, you know, what? I don't have time to clean the whole garage right now. Cause I knew we had to go to hockey, but I was like, I'm just going to start. Yeah. And I even had to like take out a bunch of stuff and I even like put it back in the garage. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. take it back out tomorrow. Like, it, right. it's not that much work. Right. Little by little. And, like, 
and it's like when I do my books or, you know, like other things that I've done, it's like, it's so much work to like, just be like, okay, I got this big project and I got to like set aside all this time to like complete it because I don't want to. And then you realize that if you really want to get it done, you just got to chip away at it. Right. And like little by little. Yeah. And I used to tell myself at work, like, or anything I do that's like, it seems like it's so much work. I just keep moving. Just keep moving. It's kind of like that little train, you know. For just, me, yeah. Just, you think you can, but that's... Yeah. But just keep moving yeah. your feet and moving your hands. Well, for me, it's just like get one task done. Okay? That task is done. Get another task done. Something that's worked for me is getting a whiteboard and writing my tasks on the whiteboard because they don't go away till you erase them. So... In the past, what I've struggled with is forgetting that I needed to do something. I mean, no matter how many planners I had, no matter how many reminders on my phone, no matter whatever, the whiteboard has always worked the best of writing my task down. And once the task is completed, you don't cross it off thinking I'm doing that today. You cross it off once it's it's finished. It's completely done. And that's kind of been what's kept me going of like, I still need to do that task. I still need to do that task. So, you know... So today on social media, a friend of mine named Kylie, which is actually one of my brand reps, um, she posted and and she made this, she had a really cute picture of her and her kids and she made this post about being so upset that she was shaking and crying and we've all been there, right? Um, She she said she felt like a failure um, and when this happened, she realized the compassion her that her kids were showing her. She realized she's taught her kids a valuable lesson about compassion. And then that, that was her little light in the tunnel during a hard time today. Um, I commented and told her that she was amazing and that her sharing that on social media was just her showing real life because any person, I don't care if you're a mom. I don't care if you're a dad. I don't care if you have kids. I don't care what you've had that moment in your life where you're so upset that you're shaking. It's something that it's out of your control. And you're just so ticked off and you're just like, oh, you know, so that feeling we've all had at some point or another. Um, And just for her to feel that feeling of like, I've taught my kids compassion. I just thought it was so great. She's amazing. And I'm always one for for commenting and, and letting people know that they're doing a great job and that positive reinforcement. I'm always one for that. And I will always comment that just because like she is a great mom. And I've seen that. I've seen that she's a great mom. And we've talked about her being my rep and seeing her life. Yeah. We've kind of talked about that. Like social media is silly. It really is a silly thing Mm -hmm. that we all focus on a little bit too much. Yeah. and, And we focus on showing our wins. But we need to realize that like we're all focusing on it. We're all looking at it. We right. all see it like is more than we probably should. Right. And taking it a little bit too serious more than we should. Yep. And analyzing every little thing. Yep. A little more than we should. And, and thinking, you know, someone's life by looking at their social media, but, because that's just a little piece. That's what they want you yeah. to see. That's that's the things they're willing to share. But what I'm saying here is what what harm is it going to do you to just add a little nugget of kindness, add a little like. Hurrah, you know, for somebody yeah. like, just give it to him. Like, you know, you, you passed it, you saw it. Well, like and, it. And for Love me, it. for me, Say like great seeing job. her putting this out there and being real, I'm like, listen, Kylie, like, I think you're amazing. I've seen the mom that you are. She does the freaking cutest hair. 
Like she posts these videos for me. She gives me pictures. She's, she's just such a good mom. You can see that the things that she does with her kids, she's such a good mom. And so it's like, just because you had a moment, just because you had a moment doesn't mean you're not a good mom. You are amazing and you're doing a great job. Give yourself a minute, take a breath. So I, I wanted to comment. I commented on there and I said, you're amazing, uh, you know, whatever. So she commented back to me and she said that my comment meant a lot to her because she looks up to me. <laughs> Little does she know that today I was, I felt like I was failing. Drop days alone. I dropped bows tonight um, in my shop. They're, they're so stressful. Taking images are stressful. I mean, I'm not a photographer. I am a photographer. I'm not a photographer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm just so particular that I, I'm my own worst critic. And, and when it comes to those things after the, once the drop is here and done, I feel good. I'm fine. But it's that day of like, that's drop day. I know that all day long, I'm probably going to be taking photos, getting listings up. And my drop days aren't one product. My drop days are usually like 15 to 30 products. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of work. Um, well, it's easy when you're an entrepreneur or in business to feel like you're failing. And I, I mean, I felt that way with some of the projects that I've done. Like, like, was this successful? Like, yeah, I mean, so well to the well, I did a children's book you yeah. know, where I, you know, illustrated it and everything. And there's a lot of times where I, I feel like, did I waste a lot of time and money on that? Like, you know, I, I sold a hundred and whatever copies, eh, but I haven't really sold anything since then. Like, was mm -hmm. this really successful? And then like, I'll pick up that book or I'll see my kids like be so excited. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. show their friends. Like the other day, Ash was over and they're like, Hey, they were playing school or something. Like, check out this book. And then she's like, what is that? And like, they were so excited to like tell yeah. her about it. Well, and, and like, having to me, friends that t say they read it to their kids at night. Yeah. Had a lot and, of people and, say and, like, that. I started thinking about those, those little things. Like how you're not a failure and you're teaching. That's the thing with that book is you teach people, right? You're teaching those kids. And like my kids have like they want to like write a book one day and like I I've shown them that you can and it's one of those things like if you want to write a book if you want to do this just start moving just, just start, start moving, moving and keep and moving. you know even even the kids that are having the book read to them at night they're being taught what what's Walter with a well all about it's, you don't have to be the cliche cliche right yeah. you be who you want to be yeah and, and no matter like, if you're a well or a human yeah and it's about just doing you as the people say right. these days and like now i look through that book and there's a lot of mess ups in that book there's a lot of images learning there's a lot of things that like aren't perfect yes and like i That's look at it now it and i love it i yep. love all the like the mess ups yep. i love all the imperfections the and i'm so proud of it now yeah. And like, yeah, it's honestly like one of those things that I'm so proud of it. And if no one ever buys another copy of Waltz of the Well, that's okay with me. <laughs> I'm proud of it. <laughs> I am too. And I am. So, so today when I, you know, all this stuff was going down and I was feeling so like negative and she commented that back to me. I'm like, wow. I thought to myself, wow, no matter how much I feel like I'm failing in this moment, someone's looking up to me. Right. Yeah. Someone's looking up to me and, and thinks that I'm amazing for the things I'm doing. And I'm sure that she felt that with her kids. Yeah. My kids are still looking up to me, you know? And so today my message is you're doing a great job. Even though if in this moment you feel like you're failing, just trying to keep your head above water, there's someone looking up to you. 
you know, someone's noticing your wins, so, that you're striving, they're striving to be more like you, whether it's your kids, whether it's a business owner that you're like, dude, she's a boss. I just want to be like her. She gets stuff done. She's, she's got her head, head on straight. She's got this down. Um, there's always someone looking up to you, even if you don't think there is. Even if you consider yourself the most unsuccessful person out there, if you were homeless and, you know, whatever, like, there's probably somebody who even thinks that, like, you know, you are such a failure, I'm such a failure, but there's somebody out there that's probably like, oh, my gosh, that person is happy, yeah. that person is this. Right. So, I mean. I feel, I feel like it's easy to be your biggest critic. It's easy to put yourself down. Um, but give yourself some grace. Take a break for a minute. Try and realize all the things you, do, you did do that day. Um, and and not, uh, what's the quote? What do they say? It's not the ha- the cups, cups, not half empty. It's half full, yeah. right? So let's be positive about all the things that we've done. And I'm going to work really hard on it. And so I just want to let you know that you're not your allergies, you're not your jealousy, and you're not your low self-esteem. You didn't read it. You wrote those things. Oh, you know, it's pause. There's three edits. You know, we just want to let you know that you're doing a great job, whether you think you are or not. Others see the good in you and give yourself some grace and make it a point to see yourself for the good things you do. And, you, you know, you're not your physical limitations and you're not your social status. You're not your excuses. You're not your inadequacies. <laughs> you're not your feelings. You're not your lazy little Caesars employee, you know, that you think you are. And I also want to add that <laughs> you stumbled through that. Oh, my gosh. Pause again. Okay. You're not your excuses and you're not your inadequate feelings. You're not the lazy little C's employees. You're not lazy like the little C's employees think you are. Okay. All right, pause. So, I mean, yeah, your the glass is not half empty. It is half full, and you are doing a great job, whether you think it or not. I mean, others see the good that you're giving yourself. You know, give yourself some grace. Make it a point to see yourself and the good you're doing. I mean, recognize that, like look into yourself, look into the mirror, look, do the things, you know, those little things that, you know, help your self-esteem positive. And, and be positive, like yeah. positive energy is contagious, whether you're giving it out to yourself, it is contagious. So you're doing good. You're not your physical limitations and you're not your social status. You're not your excuses. You're not your inadequate feelings. You're not lazy like little C's employee thinks you are. You're not your allergies. You're not your jealousies. And you're not your low self-esteem. And with that, you're not your effing chair. Bye.